Hi, I'm Jacqueline Kinser, and for the past five years, I've been helping families all around the globe to overcome their breastfeeding challenges. And this is the first non-clinical breastfeeding podcast that shows you how to rock breastfeeding and master motherhood through practical tips, mindset shifts, and honest conversation to create a confident and empowering breastfeeding journey. This is the Breastfeeding Talk Podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I have Kendra Hennessy here, and she is this amazing individual I'm so excited for you guys to get to know today. She has this incredible mission where she puts reluctant homemakers back in the driver's seat of motherhood through realistic routines and practical mindset shifts. By the way, if you guys don't know, one of the pieces of my podcast title is Mindset, so this is perfect. And she puts a fresh modern twist on homemaking so that moms feel confident managing their homes and families no matter where they are in their motherhood journey. Her company, Mother Like a Boss, is all about empowering moms through realistic and simplistic changes. So welcome, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation. I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you here. And I wish I had you when I had my son seven years ago because I became a reluctant homemaker. I left a high powered corporate job and then I just kind of felt like I had no idea what what I was doing. I was way too hard on myself. So I would love to hear a little bit about your story and how you got started doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started I started Mother Like a Boss in 2016, but my story starts way before that, back in 2006 when I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, so my my kind of story is that I dropped out of college in my senior year, like my last semester in college, dropped out because I decided I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and I... I my husband, my now husband and I got engaged. We were planning a wedding. And then I also decided I wanted to start a business, a cleaning business. And then I found out I was pregnant. This all happened within like three months of each other. Um, (laughs) So it's kind of that crazy thing. I started a a business in, in all of that, but I started a cleaning business. Uh, Never thought I would do that in my entire life, but it was a very long story about a friend of a friend who needed help in her business Then she got sick and couldn't do it anymore. And I took it over and sort of started my own, rebranded it. Um, And I knew nothing about business and I knew nothing about how to run it or how to really how to clean. I don't know what I thought I was doing starting a cleaning business. I didn't know how to clean houses. I knew how to like surface clean, but I didn't know anything about that. Um, And so I became a mom and a business owner all at the same time. And then flash forward to 2016, I then had two kids. My son was born in 2013. So I had a daughter and a son. And what I found was that my cleaning business was really successful, but I was seeing this other side to what I was doing, which is that most of my clients were moms. Most of them were families. I had a lot of single dudes too. It was kind of a combination of like families and then some single guys who were like, I'm not cleaning. I work a lot. I travel a lot. Please clean my house. But the families I found that for a great majority of them, 
I kind of felt like I was just putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound every week or every two weeks that I was there um, because cleaning is just an element of home management and homemaking or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just an element of it. And if you don't have things like daily routines in place, if you don't have a culture in the home where everyone has a job and everyone is, is working together, then the cleaning just becomes something extra that you're doing. But then it just by the next day, it's dirty again. It's messy again. Um, and I was finding I was going to people's houses and they were even more stressed sometimes with me coming like, Oh my God, I didn't get to clean up before you came and don't clean that room. I, there was like, they were playing the, the move, the stuff from one room to the next so that I could clean at different times that I came. And I don't know, I was also having this, this crisis of feeling like I wanted to do something bigger um, with my life. And I wanted to help moms in a bigger way. I was listening to podcasts at the time and hearing that people were doing online business. It was like this perfect storm of wanting personal change and professional change at the same time. And out of that rose mother like a boss. And I didn't even know what it was at first. I just knew that I wanted to help moms manage their lives and homes better. I didn't even know how it was going to look. And then over the last four years, it has really evolved into its own mission um, far beyond me. It's, it's, I feel like my audience has taken that mission and brought it to this next level. And yeah, I, I just like to help the reluctant homemaker, the person that's a little more reluctant. And, and I feel like m- the majority of people these days, uh, women and men feel very reluctant about the word, about what it means, about how to become that in your own home. And so I like to help moms through, and families through, uh, through that journey through realistic and simplistic changes. Like I said, no, um, no Pinterest perfect anything. We like to make things really simple um, and down to a level that works for everyone. Oh, I love that. And I'm like, wait, I actually think I need you in my life right now. <laughs> because yeah, I, I know that so many of my listeners, you know, on some level after having a baby, you're taking some time off. Maybe it's only two weeks. Maybe it's only three months. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's forever or for five years, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, if you, if you're brand new to this, I mean, not only did you just completely shift your life by bringing a baby into the world. And if it's your first, it's a, uh, sometimes a much bigger transition, you know, you've never done it before. And then, yeah, you don't have those routines in place, like you said. And, and then I think there is kind of this mad scramble of where, where do I go to find this information? And you go on Pinterest and there's this beautiful little chart. It's all color coded and, you know, it's got your day outlines like in 15 minute increments. And like, I've seen some of those going around now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, here's your schedule for the day. And then now there's like a backlash of memes where people are like, my schedule for the day is keeping my kids alive. And yes. you know, so I, I think there's a balance. And, you know, for, for a lot of the time, what I see when I work with clients, like I, I too go in their homes, right? So I go in a home and I help this family breastfeed. And one of the first things they always say to me, Kendra, is I'm so sorry, my home is a mess. And I'm like, you just had a baby. I would uh-huh. not expect you to have a clean house, but like you said, it was like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound and yeah, that house, you have the cleaner come in the next day, it's, it's messy again. So what are some of the biggest, like you said, it's not about cleaning the house, but when you talk about routines and things, I think some people may have like a little bit of an aversion. They're like, oh, I don't like routine, but it is very beneficial and I'd love to hear more about routines. 
Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I know exactly what you're talking about with the schedules. One of the things that I've talked about, we, ha- we have an ad running right now that actually talks about that, about how if those color-coded things make you very anxious, it's because that's not a routine, that's a schedule. And a schedule is different than a routine. A schedule is a plan. It's a stacked plan. And it's something that's based on a specific time of the day and micromanaging every moment of your day. Routines are instead a cluster of tasks that you do that you then anchor into different times of the day. So for example, I have a morning routine. It doesn't matter if I wake up at 5 a.m. or 9 a.m. I'm still doing the same morning routine. It's not locked in to this micromanagement of every moment of my day. And it's more anchored in. It's like an anchor point because you're always going to wake up. You're always going to go to bed. And that's how I feel about routines is that look at the things that are always happening for you. And so that's why people have, like when they do their cleaning routines, a lot of people will do um, Mondays, they do one thing, Tuesdays, they do another because the Monday is going to come around no matter what. So even if you miss it, even if you're sick on Monday, even if you were on vacation, Monday will come around again. And so you get to have that. You don't have to feel like, oh my God, I'm not getting anything done or I didn't, I skipped this 15 minute increment of something and now I'm behind. You're never really behind with routines because it always comes around again and you can always pick back up where you were. Um, and, and I, you know, I have a, an entire course on cleaning, like teaching people to clean. So cleaning is important, but cleaning is important whether you're a mom or a dad or a child, or a single person living alone, or a restaurant owner, or anything. We, we need to clean because it keeps us healthy, and it keeps us less stressed. And because it's just something that we do, it's just a part of life, just like we shower. So cleaning is important, but I think sometimes we overemphasize uh, what cleaning is and, and how important it actually is. It's just a, it's an element of our lives, um, and we'd have to do it whether we had kids or not. So routines for me are all about not feeling the level of chaos that so many of us feel. So when people have an aversion to routines, I often ask them when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody one-to-one or when I'm you know, conversing with them in DMs, for example, and they'll say, yeah, I've, just, I've tried routines in the past, but I don't know. I just don't like that feeling of like, I, I have to do them. And I say, okay, well, what does your morning look like? And so they'll tell me and I say, does it look like that every morning? Yep. And I'm like, yeah, you have a routine then. It's just called chaos. There's, it's, chaos is just a routine you've lost control of. But if you're doing things over and over again, you're doing things in a routine way. And so the, we have to get out of the mindset that says that a routine is a schedule. Because I think when people hear routine, they're actually thinking of the myth that it's more of a schedule when it's actually not. It's just something that releases you from the need to have to make decisions all the time. That's why I like cleaning routines because then I don't have to decide what to clean every day. It's just part of my routine. Oh, that is such a powerful reframe. I love that. And it made me think about how, uh, you know, I've, I've read a lot about like Steve Jobs' life, for instance, and, you know, how he wore the same clothes and, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg does that too because it was just one less decision they had to make. And when you're a mom, especially a new mom, even if it's your third or fourth baby, you know, you get that mom brain kind of going on, right? The last thing you need is to devote more mental energy to figuring out what you're going to do with your day. If you just knew Monday was XYZ day and Tuesday's this, you didn't have to give any thought to it. It's like, I don't think about brushing my teeth to the point that I even go to bed and I'm like, did I brush my teeth? 
Oh, okay. I did. Yeah. You kind of like, yes. my, my mouth smells minty. I did it. Okay. Cause it's so routine. I don't even think about it. I can't complain about it. It's not, doesn't feel like a burden. So that makes total sense. I love that. Yeah. And it also happens with things that other people might consider like a ne- like a negative thing, like a negative habit. Those things are also routine. We just, we don't notice them because we're just doing them. Um, and so the, the same way that say you might like snooze your alarm 25 times and end up being late, that's a routine. And it's something you don't even think of because it's just become a routine. And then routines over time become habits. So if you continue the routine, then you now have like brushing your teeth, the right before I go to bed, I, I get a glass of water and I do this and I do that. And I, you know, I brush my teeth. That's your routine. But now the, the brushing your teeth has become a habit. You don't have to think about it. And so routines are, especially for new moms are just all about creating a normal for you that suits your home, that suits your life, not somebody else's. That's why I'm not really a fan of done for you routines, because if I, as the creator of the routine, the leader at mother, like a boss, I say, Hey guys, I just created this amazing cleaning routine where Mondays you do this and Tuesdays you do that and so on. Well, that works for my life, but I have a 13 year old and a seven year old and I work from home and my kids are at school during the day. Normally not right now, but my life looks different than a brand new mom or a mom who works outside the home or a single mom or a mom who lives in New Zealand and not in the United States. Like we're all living different lives. So why not learn the framework of creating routines and then fit it in with whatever works for you. Mm, yeah. And, and as you're saying this, I'm realizing that I guess I, I have actually, I know I've made at least a you know, post on social media about this. Um, but when I'm teaching moms about breastfeeding, I never teach a schedule. It's super rare. I mean, it, there's maybe some high risk scenarios where occasionally I do introduce a schedule, but for the most part, I always say it's not about a schedule and it's about a routine. So you're going to, you know, nurse on this side and nurse on that side, and then you're going to burp and you're going to do tummy time. And then there's going to be a nap and then they're going to wake up and be hungry again. And like, you just go through the cycle all throughout the day. And it's when, when I work with moms who don't have routines and they just feel all over the place, then what happens is that like breastfeeding gets the blame. And then when they don't have a routine with breastfeeding, they probably don't have you know, these great routines elsewhere in life. So cleaning, cooking, you know, all these other things. Right. So it's like, they're always, they're always feeling chaotic. They're always feeling stressed. And then breastfeeding tends to get the blame. Yeah. Well, if I could just do a bottle, then, you know, that will alleviate the problem. And for some reason, it's like inherent with bottle feeding that there's a routine because it, it's not, it's actually more complicated than breastfeeding where you, you go, you, you know, prepare the, the formula and, or you heat up the milk and then you put it in the bottle, you measure it and you temperature check it. Like we all know there's a routine with it, but it's like, we're not being taught routines or how to create routines in other areas of our life. And like you just said, no one breastfeeding mom is going to have the same exact routine. If that was the case, I really wouldn't have a job. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I love that you said we're all so different because I was thinking too, like, you know, you could have someone who has like a 13,000 square foot house. Well, their routine is going to look way different from me and like a 1300 square foot house. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think just giving ourselves some grace there to just take a step back and go, you know, not, not compare really. Right. It it can seem like this thing where social media or you go to a friend's house and you're like, wow, 
she has it all together. How, no, I really need to do more. And that's just so unhelpful when we start to create that negative talk towards ourselves. Yeah, because you have no idea what's going on inside their home. You don't know how you, she could have stayed up till 2 a.m. cleaning because she knew someone was coming over and then she just right. makes it look effortless. Like, you don't know. She, maybe she has a cleaner that comes once a week or once a day. I, you know, just people are in different seasons of life. And I think it's really interesting that you said that like breastfeeding gets the blame because I, I see that even in my community um, with, with new moms as well. And I was a mom that nursed both of my kids. And what it taught me, to be honest, was the importance of delegation, the importance of, I'm the only one with the boobs. <laughs> I'm the only one that can breastfeed. But guess what? My husband can do everything else. He may not be able to breastfeed, but he can cook, he can clean, he can, you know, when it was my, uh, when it was my second, he can take my daughter and go do something. Um, they can, all the people that are coming over to visit that baby, my thought was always like, okay, well, you can visit and you can also help me with a load of laundry. <laughs> you can always help me yes. do those other things because I'm the only one with the breasts. I'm the only one that has those. But I think that that actually is a whole other conversation on itself, which is that women tend to be, um, they tend to find it very difficult to let go of control. So it's like, I, if I can't control what's going on around me, if I can't be the one folding the laundry and I can't be the one doing all of these things, if I'm not in control, then what does that say about me? And I'm the mom, I really should be doing everything. And it's like, okay. well, so then if I can just bottle feed, then maybe someone else can also bottle feed and then I can do this stuff. And I'm like, but somebody else could be doing that. <laughs> you could, you are the only one with the breast. That's what I used to say. I'm like, I'm the only one with the food. And so you, everyone else can help me do everything else. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is so true. And, and I love when I get to work with women or teach them when they're still pregnant to already create this, you know, I, I kind of call it the breastfeeding plan. Like you create a birth plan, but like, let's create a breastfeeding or postpartum plan and it is about that delegation, right? So, you know, yeah, I know your mother-in-law is going to come stay with you for six weeks, but she's not going to be like holding the baby the whole time, you know, and, and maybe she will for you to shower, but there's got to be other people picking up the tasks. And now I think that's something super relevant too for, for anyone who's listening who has more than one child. Now, if our kids are home because of the pandemic, right now we, now our routine just got changed because all of a sudden we're homeschooling if we weren't before and you know, just all these things. Right. And, you know, I know at least with my son's school, they've done a really good job of creating a routine for us to follow. And they're not very, uh, prescriptive other than like the times we have live meetings, but, yeah. it, and it just helps me as a mom to, that someone else like took the time to create a little bit of a routine for me, but I've had to learn a whole new reset in term. And I think it's almost like becoming a mom again, because I'm, I'm learning how to delegate things. I have a seven-year-old. He's really capable. He can mop the floors at home. Why mm -hmm. am I doing that? And then for anyone who's been following me, I also was in a serious car accident. I'm still recovering from some serious injuries. So I had to let go of a lot of stuff there. Again, felt like a brand new postpartum mom where I'm like, I actually can't lift stuff. I can't pick those toys up off the floor. So I had to get creative and start thinking, all right, great. Well, what, what tasks are we going to accomplish today and who's going to do those tasks? And I really feel like if you guys are listening to this, at least one big takeaway that you could have is that you have permission to not do it all. And I think that's a big part of your message too, Kendra is like, 
there's no way we could possibly do it all, right? I mean, I mean, no. I guess we didn't sleep, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing, like, I don't want to do it all. I don't no. want to do all the things all the time. Um, I want to. I want to rest. I like to rest and hang out and watch TV and you know, just not be doing anything. I don't want to be the mom that's doing all the things. And I, I definitely in our home do not want to be the mom that's teaching my kids that for 18 years that they live at home, somebody's going to take care of them and then they're going to be booted out into the world and then they're going to have to learn how to do this on their own. That's the reason I have a business right now. It's because <laughs> so many people, that's, that's what we do. And, and I think it's because moms just are so nurturing. Like we want we want to do things for our kids. I know it's, I have a 13 year old daughter and it's hard for me sometimes to, not because I want to control what she's doing, but because I just, I want to do stuff for her. And because I don't get to do as much stuff for her anymore, because she is so independent, I feel like, well, I'll do that for her. I'll, I'll do. And it's like, no, I need to teach her to do it so that she feels not only valued in the house, but so that I don't end up becoming resentful of the fact that I've, I'm doing this stuff and that she also learns how to do it so that when she does get out on her own, whenever that is, she understands um, how to do it. And I am a big believer that homemaking is a family's duty, not a mother's duty. So Mother Like a Boss is the name of my business because that's who I speak to. But homemaking in general is, is something that everyone in the family is involved in. Like we're all making our home. We're all creating together. We're all creating a culture, um, of like the kind of house that we want to live in and the kind of home that we want to live in and the home that we want to carry outside of the four walls when we leave. Um, we're all creating that. And so I'm a big believer in, in not just teamwork with chores, but also teamwork in the way that we all, um, just like work together as, um, as a family and what we're creating and what our values are. Um, so yeah, I'm, that's just a huge, it's a huge part of, uh, it's a huge element of what we do in mother, like a boss is homemaking is not just a mother's duty. It's, you're not going to get any of the servitude stuff from my business of like, this is you serving your family. Um, this is all of us serving each other in, in our house. Yeah. Honestly, you just, you said that so well. And I think that can be a really big eye-opening moment for a lot of people to hear that. Yeah. For me at first too, because I, um, part of my story is that I never associated with the word homemaker because I had this really antiquated view of what it meant. I thought it just was like this 1950s look of like a mom in a dress and a, like making her husband a scotch when he comes home from work and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't actually even like that, um, that word, but it's because I had this misconception of what it meant. And now I've redefined it and that's what we're doing. We're just, we're trying to redefine that for moms so that they understand that it doesn't matter if you are a stay at home mom and that's what you plan to do because that's your mission and that's your calling in life, or you work outside of the home or anything in between. Like you can still be a homemaker and serve your family because that's what you love to do. And also want to embrace teamwork and delegation and say, I'm not going to do all of this myself. Like there's a good in between. Oh, I, I absolutely love that. And uh, I won't name names here, but as a, as a kid, I had a family member who yeah. had a lot of kids and she did everything for her kids so much so that they were kind of disabled. Like her oldest didn't potty train till he was six because the school was like, he has to be potty trained. Yep. Um, and there were just a lot of things like that. And, 
and she would just drink like a pot of coffee a day and, and just do, I mean, pick up all the toys. And so, uh, I think I, maybe I was 13 or something and, uh, her and her husband went to dinner and I got to watch her kids and like my mom didn't pick up after me. She was a single working mom. So I had, you know, we had our routine and I told the kids to pick up and they were like, no, my mom will pick it up when she gets home. And I said, that is so rude. Let her go enjoy her date night and like have a, a night to relax, whatever. And I just got creative. I helped them pick it up. And it was so funny because they got home and I could tell she was stressed. Like she came home and she thought I'm going to have to like go clean everything or whatever. Right. And she was like, you did such a good job putting all the toys away and, and everything. And I said, I didn't put any toys away. Your kids did it. She was like, what? No, they didn't. And they just, it's not that they disrespected their mom, but they had a lot of respect for me because I kind of included them in this process. And I remember that moment so much. And it's bringing it up for me now because like you said, what kind of values and things and how do we model to our children? What kind of humans they're going to be in the world? And, you know, these, these kids have grown up to be great kids. Um, but it just, it just spoke volumes to me that I didn't ever want to be that parent who was afraid to even go out on a date because of the aftermath that would exist when I came home. That just, how do you even relax and enjoy yourself if you've created that kind of an environment? Yeah. And that speaks to this like overarching theme that I talk about a lot of martyrdom. Like we just, moms have bless our hearts, but we just have become these martyrs, like these sufferers, like we have to suffer when we become a mom. And as the mother of a daughter who may someday become a mom, may not, I'm not really sure. She can choose whatever she wants in life. But if she does become a mother, do I want her to take on that role? No, I would never looking at a 13 year old right now and going, boy, you know, 15 years from now, do I want her to take on this role of having to suffer to take care of, of someone else? No, I want her to take care of herself as well. And so I look at that for myself sometimes when I start to fall into that like martyrdom, cause we all do. Like we all fall into like, I'm the only one who does anything. Oh, I'll do it. Like I, I will, I'll take care of it. It's like, that's that, that is martyrdom. It's like being the, the one to fall on your sword for your family. But what is that actually doing to them in the long run? And, and how is that going to serve them in the long run? And I don't, I don't want my children to ever feel like a burden to me. And martyrdom can often make it, it, it gives off that vibe. It gives off the vibe of like, my children are a burden. My family is a burden. Everything is a burden, but I do it anyway because I love them. Like it's this, it's like, well, why don't you say I love them and I, I help and I, I do what I need to do in my house, but they also do too. And part of what I, part of how I serve my family is by helping them to serve themselves. I also have a grown man that I'm married to who is perfectly capable of doing a lot of things. <laughs> so uh, he grew up with a mom who also the same way, like she was uh, married and divorced a, a couple of times and they didn't, they didn't have like the, the luxury of just mom doing everything for them. They had to, he and his sister had to learn how to do their laundry and cook and clean and they were in it together. They were a team. And so he just, I don't touch my husband's laundry and I, he can cook and, and do things. Uh, he's, you know, 
hanging out with my son right now while I'm on this call. Um, so yeah, I just think that there's an element of letting go that needs to happen too. It's just moms letting go of the expectation that they need to be doing it perfectly and letting go of the mindset that it's their job to do it perfectly. Um, because perfect just is, is, exists in your mind. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Oh, it is so true. And I just, I, I can see how I, I definitely have been the martyr at, at different stages of my parenting journey, especially early on. And, you know, I think, like you said, I, I just, I never viewed my kids as a burden, but there were, there were times where, you know, and I just think there's so many just sad, unfortunate memes out there too about parenting, right? Like that we can't get through it without wine or something. And, you know, you really shouldn't be having that hard of a time. I mean, I'm not saying parenting is easy, but we shouldn't need drugs and alcohol to cope with being a parent, right? And, and not that everyone does that, but when I work with, you know, the mothers I work with, I see these elements of, you know, anxiety and, and depression that just, in, in even postpartum rage is now a thing. And, and there's books about that. And like, we don't have to have so many people suffering from that. There, there are reasons that don't have to do with anything we're talking about as to why you may have those things. But a lot of the time it's this martyrdom coupled with then a self-created lack of support because you don't let anyone support you. So now, mm -hmm. now you're just like, I don't have any support. And you know, you've, you've kind of pushed it away all this time unknowingly. Right. And, and I just see, then it creates this overwhelm, which creates anxiety. And it's just this like, Oh, just this tangled knot of emotion. And if we let that not grow and start rolling down a hill, it's, it just becomes this recipe for, you know, trouble in your, in your marriage or your romantic partnership, um, you know, resentment towards your children, resentment towards yourself. And, we're just not serving anyone. And I think, like you said, it starts with good intentions, right? We're mothers. We love to nurture. Well, some of us, not, but you know, generally we do. We, we want to help. We want to serve. We want to do these things, but you're redefining what serving looks like. And it's, it's so beautiful. Like I actually think for anyone who's listening to this, if you're kind of like zoned out a little bit in your car right now, or you're cooking and the kids are screaming, like, go back and listen to this episode again with a little bit more intention because there's so many nuggets in the things you're saying to everyone, Kendra. I just think it's really beautiful. I really do. And so needed and refreshing. Thank you so much. I, I have, and I, I tell people this all the time that what I wanted to create too was a space that didn't, that wasn't coming from a place of judgment. So nothing that we ever talk about is from a place of judging others or judging yourself. Um, I like to say that I'm just a mom who found a flashlight and just happens to be a little further ahead in the tunnel than you. So I can like, I, you know, and I had to, cause I had to stumble and fall and I just don't want you to trip over the things, same things that I did. And I don't, I don't want, I want moms to thrive. I want moms to feel the levity that can come with letting go of control and with working through their mindset and working through the identities that, that we placed on ourselves, like being a hot mess. Like that's an identity. It's an identity that a lot of people have built in their lives because they don't feel worthy of anything better. They don't feel like they're allowed to be something better. And they've made this all or nothing where I'm either a hot mess or I'm this perfect poly 
on Pinterest. It's like, no, there is a great in-between. There's a wonderful in-between where you have your stuff together in the way that feels good for you and your family. And then, you know, some days are messy and some days you got it together. Kind of like we were saying, like before we started where, you know, some days right now, especially during this COVID stuff, like I feel today is a perfect example, calls and videos and I've gotten work done and productive. And three days from now, that could be right down again, where I'm like, nope, pajama city today. That's all I'm getting done. But it's a choice that I've made. And I don't have to identify with either one. I don't have to say my identity is wrapped up in what I get done or what I don't, because moms in general tend to throw themselves into getting things done, into busying themselves up, um, and they create worth around that. And your worth is not found in how much you get done. Your worth is found in you and who you are as a human being. Before you became a mom, during mom, when your kids grow up and, and move on, um, your worth is innate and it's not based on how much you get done every day. So I think that that's been a huge journey for myself too with two kids, especially now that the oldest one is getting older and doesn't need me as much anymore for certain things. That feeling of like, what if I'm not needed with those kind of things, like, am I still worthy? Like it's, it's cause we find our worth in doing things. And so I've had to, I've had to work through that myself, releasing those things. <laughs> that makes total sense. And you know, for anyone who's listening to this right now, you, you can't see what we see with each other here on video, but Kendra's seen me navigate outside my bedroom to my outdoor patio because my daughter was knocking on the door very loudly. And I didn't want to have to edit that out of the podcast. So <laughs> yep. like, this is real life. And if I were to get upset about that because I wasn't having the perfect podcast recording for you all right now, well, then this episode would probably never come out. And the content here is just too good to not put it out because it's not perfect. And like, I, I have had to learn as a mother, as a business owner, who's a mother, like that I had to let go of so much perfection along the way. And, and there were moments where it was really painful. It felt like I was, you know, like you said, I think I, it was tied to identity and and maybe that's where we can kind of finish off here because for me in my journey, like I was this high performing stockbroker when I became pregnant with my son. And, you know, I had my eye on the CEO seat. Like I really was like, I'm going to the top and there's nothing that's going to stop me, not even having a baby. And then I had a baby and I was like, Ooh, uh, Hmm. Well, uh, I'll take a year off and then I'll go back. And, you know, a lot changed for me during that time. And so I made some life decisions that I, I didn't want to, you know, have my identity, you know, wrapped up in my corporate career. But then it was like, I felt like this need or something to like suddenly latch onto another identity, which mm -hmm. was then being a mom. And I was so immersed in that, that in a lot of ways, I really sort of excluded my husband from parenting or my own inner, like personal changes I was going through. and we got, I, you know, I, I pushed him away. We, we grew apart during that time. And it's, it's really sad. And it's something that we've spent years working through and are still working through. And, you know, this idea that we have to like have this identity, you know, or the things we do create our identity. And for me, it was like, well, what am I doing all day? I'm with my son all day. So it must mean that now my identity is stay at home mom. And, and everybody has like a different sort of definition of what that means, right? Like you said, the word homemaker, and that has meaning, different meaning according to different people. So what are some things that you see, like when you, when people come to your company or whatever, like you said, they're this reluctant homemaker. I love that you defined that. 
because yeah, I definitely felt reluctant about it. Like I wanted it, but I missed things of, of me, you know, my life quote unquote before that. And so what are some of these identity things that you're seeing? You kind of touched on a couple, but I mean, how do you think that's really impacting, you know, moms who are making this transition? Yeah. Um, I, I so identify with everything you just said too. So speaking of identity, I identify with everything you said, like the, the feelings of like pushing other people away and just kind of, I think we become like hyper-focused on, on what we're doing that we don't see the other things going around us, like other relationships or taking care of ourselves, even our relationship with ourselves, we end up losing. Um, and yeah, and that, that happened with me in this last couple of years of realizing that, um, that we, we really aren't going to have more kids. And I'm 36, my husband's 40, and we kind of decided by this point, like we wouldn't, if we hadn't had more, we weren't going to have more. And I don't, I, it was this weird feeling of like, I th- we're good and I'm super happy with where we are right now, but it was getting rid of this identity of like, but if I'm not going to have another baby and I never go through that period of like having a baby and a toddler and all of those like identity things, if this is it, what am I going to do then? Like, what am I going to do when they, when Everett starts to get a little bit older and he's seven now and what happens when he's, he's a teenager and then what happens? It was like, I was going through all these like cases of what's going to happen if that's no longer my identity. And what I had to realize was, um, and what I try to teach people when we're talking about the, the mindfulness and the mindset part of it is that we have to separate what we do from who we are. Like I'm, Kendra. And I was Kendra the day my parents like named me. And I was that in all of the different stages of my life. I wasn't an elementary school student. I wasn't a middle school. I wasn't like all these things that I did. Um, I was still Kendra. And then I got married and then I had kids. And then all of a sudden when you have kids and you become a mom, like you're just a mom, it's becomes your identity. And what I've had to realize is that being a mom is just something that I do. It doesn't have to be who I am, just like being a homemaker or being a wife. It's part of me. It's part of the greater sum. But like, if I was thinking of it in, in like circles, like I'm in the middle and everything else is just an element of who I am, you know? And, and that's, um, obviously moms aren't the only people that fall into that category. I know my husband now not being able to work as much because of all the COVID stuff and some of his suppliers shutting down, he's had to deal with that too. If I'm not working, who am I? If I'm not producing, who am I? We all do this, um, but we have to start to separate what we do, the actions we take, um, the relationships that we have from who we are as a person. Again, because your worth is not in what you're getting done or what you're doing. Your worth is found in you and in innately in who you are as, as a soul and a human being. Um, so that's been something huge for me is to just not only help myself with that, but then how can I help other moms sort of remove themselves from this feeling of um, identifying identifying what they do as who they are, like meshing them together. Um, because then what happens is when those things start to change, you feel like you're losing your identity. You feel like you're losing who you are. And that happens when we become moms a lot of times, right? It's when you hear that all the time. I just feel like I'm not, I'm, I've lost who I am. And the reason is because we have hyper-focused and, and started to put all, <clears throat> all of our worth into what we do instead of just who we are. Mm, so true. And I can't help but just tie that straight into breastfeeding because when I see when 
moms have their hearts set on breastfeeding and it doesn't work out or it's not going well. And the amount of grief that they experience, which you know, I think some of it is happening on a physiologic level in terms of hormones and things like that, but and just it's like what we're wired for as a species. But at the same time, it's like they've tied themselves to it so strongly and it becomes this thing where they just like, have a hard time moving into a place of acceptance of what is and it doesn't mean that you're a failure of a mom like they've they've actually started to define being a mom as being a successful breastfeeding mom and it's like you can be a successful breastfeeding mom but that's not an identity like that that isn't your whole life even though you're taking like 40 hours a week of you know doing it it can feel like it but that definition of your who you are is not what you do is something i think people need to hear more than ever and on the flip side of that if you're a formula feeding mom that's not your identity that is not who you are yes you feed your baby formula yes you breastfeed your baby yes you do a bit of both like whatever it is that's just part of your mothering journey and and by the way breastfeeding formula whatever they're going to get to an age where they don't need any of those things anymore. So then what, right now you're what sippy yeah. cup mom. Like I, you can't exactly. like define yourself by how your child is fed. And I just see it so much like, like women become not all women, but like so many become really obsessive around feeding and it causes this heartache. And, and, you know, sometimes I love working with those women cause they're like, I'll do anything to make breastfeeding work. Same time. I also have to be like the one who's like, well, you know, maybe it's okay if it doesn't, or it doesn't 100%. And, oh, it just, it's so good. I'm getting chills, just what you said, because yeah, we cannot define ourselves by what we do. No, or sometimes circumstances that are out of our control. I mean, that's the thing. Yes. It's like sometimes just things just don't work out and it's not within our control. Um, and I, I felt the same way I had uh, with my son. I had a home birth and there were so many people that that would, even to this day, it's, it's been over seven years. And when someone asks, you know, if it comes up in conversation or something and they're like, they hear, there are people that hear that I had a home birth and they immediately have to go, oh, I had to have a C-section. And I'm like, I wasn't home birthing at you. It's okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not judging you for how you had to birth your baby. Like I don't judge any, like this was just a yes. choice for me, but we feel this need to like justify ourselves because that's her identity is like, well, I had to, she, if she did it this way and I couldn't do it that way or didn't want to do it that way, then I have to justify. And I see that with, with breastfeeding. I'm sure you do all the time oh, where it's like people have to justify why they're bottle feeding or breastfeeding. It's like, don't justify it. Just do it. Just do what feels good for you. And, and it's also because we have this weird shamey society of like shaming other people for what they're doing. And it, if we all just stopped that and collectively went, I made my choice because this is right for me and I'm going to get the support that I need for that. Um, then that's, then that's okay. But yeah, I, I, I saw yes. that a lot with breastfeeding and with, um, with like home, uh, the home birth, my friend who homeschools says people will do that when they hear her, that she homeschools oh, well, I can't, I, you know, they have to justify it. And she's like, I'm not homeschooling at you. It's okay. Like you don't have to justify why you're doing what you're doing. It's fine. This is just my choice. <laughs> I love that. You're not. Yeah. I had a home birth with my, with my second as well. And, oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I also do hear where people, um, it's, they mean well, I think, but they'll also kind of make that comment like, wow, I could never do that. Like, yeah. 
um, or, and homeschooling too. I could never yep. homeschool my kids or, you know, I could never run my own business or, you know, there, it doesn't matter what it is. We can all fill in the blank, but I think that, yeah, just what one part that makes it easier for me is like as a healthcare provider and you fill out an intake form and it, you say what kind of birth you had, like this is a judgment-free zone. And I, ne I don't find that my clients are ever trying to like stand up for what happened, you know? Yeah. But in the general conversation, like you're saying, it's just so pervasive and you really don't need to explain yourself at all. You don't need exactly. to explain, like, like I said early on in the episode, like you don't need to explain to me why your house isn't clean. Like, you know, you don't, you do not have to justify anything you're doing or not doing. Like you live your life, do the best you can. And I really think that's your message to so many moms out there. And I'm honored to just have you here. And what I don't want to do is leave the listeners hanging because yeah. <laughs> you are like this. I mean, go, Kendra's got a podcast, you guys. I mean, it is like just, it's so good. And her listening to her podcast just, you know, lets me know what I, not, not to compare or whatever, but I'm like, man, she's really good at this. I'm, I'm going to work my way up to that. Uh, so I love her podcast. She's got a lot of other resources. Would you just mind sharing a bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you very much. We're also on episode 200 and something. I don't even remember. So uh, listening yep. to some of the earlier episodes is rougher. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I listen back when I have to maybe do like pull a clip from something or, and I'm like, oh, Boy, some of those early things. Um, but we, we've learned and we've grown, so I really appreciate it. Um, yes, yeah, so the Mother Like a Boss podcast, definitely go listen to that. Like I said, we have like over 200 episodes. You can find that on all the podcast places. If you're listening to this right now, you can find uh, the Mother Like a Boss podcast. Um, but we have a free on-demand training right now. It's called Rock Your Routines. Um, and so we talked a lot about routines today. It's a very uh, simplistic and realistic jumpstart to just like a 101 training. And it's all about creating your days with purpose so that you can stop living to-do list to to-do list, like stopping living with those endless lists, stop um, the decision fatigue every day, just get really practical routines into your life that fit your schedule and your home and your values. Um, and you can just go to motherlikeaboss.com forward slash routines. And it's on demand. So you can choose the day and time that works best for you. Um, it's a little over an hour and it's, it's really a super helpful, uh, resource for moms out there in any season of motherhood that you're in. Mm, I love that. And we will link everything up in the show notes. So everybody can just make an easy click on there to do that. And I'm just, I, I have to say, I just think this is so needed to have these kinds of conversations. If you guys didn't know that there are people out there like Kendra who have this kind of a mindset and, and are there to help encourage you along your journey, now you know. And like I said, I wish I had you seven years ago in my life, but I'm glad you're here now. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to share your incredible wisdom, your incredible strategies, and just so much compassion with our listeners today. You're a beautiful person, and I thank you so much. This has been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Did you know most moms stop breastfeeding in the first month postpartum? I believe succeeding at breastfeeding means having the right mindset. In fact, studies show that the number one factor that determines breastfeeding success is commitment. 
which is why I've created my incredible audio download of breastfeeding affirmations, where I give you actionable mantras so you can breastfeed your baby with confidence and peace of mind. And best of all, it's free. To get access to this audio and PDF, simply visit holisticlactation.com slash mantras, and you can get started right now.